Free Range Tales is a collective of adventures and stories about outdoor pursuits shared by your hosts, Jason Tarasi and Adrian Lozano. Join us as we share our tales and feature guests with unique perspectives on hunting, fishing, foraging, nature, wildlife, and wild foods, and learn about our search for the highest quality, sustainable ingredients we can find. On this week's episode, we are joined by Paul Bird, the president and founder of Argos Gear. We discuss Paul's origin story into spearfishing, some of his adventures into Baja, and how he started Argos Gear. Paul is a throwback to a time of self-reliance and innovation, and a time if you wanted to go, you had to make your own gear. We've been lucky enough to get to know Paul over the years and enjoy the lineage of knowledge and experience he has in the ocean and the game of spearfishing. I feel like we barely even scratched the surface with all the stories, experience, and adventures Paul's gotten into, but it was great to have a conversation with one of our mentors and true innovators in the game. We had a lot of fun with this one and hope you do too. Thanks for listening. And we are back on the Free Range Tales. With me as always, my homie, Adrian Lozano. How's it going, Jason? Doing good, man. Been good times. Happy to be back. I always say again and again and again that we take too much time off. Take too much time off. We need to do this more often. I know. And uh, today is a good day, a special day. We're happy to have a guest in the studio. Special guest. Paul Bird. We've talked about him plenty of times. We have. Hey, hey. Thanks Great for joining us, man. Great Thanks to for be joining here. us. We've, we've told many stories about Paul Bird bringing us out, taking us spearfishing, both Adrian and I for our first times. Yep. Wear his gear, Argos gear, or Argos, gosh, man, not even know. You take this, you take the mic and you go over, man. Well, first, well, let's cheers. Because uh, oh, we, we, always, we always cheers on this show. So cheers, boys. Cheers. cheers. I think how we're drinking right now. <laughs> <laughs> always. Yeah, we always drink on the show. <laughs> that's the thing so argos well let's let's just let's just go into origins that's right um, that's like to start you know there, when, when we have a new guest on we want to talk about how you got started um we'll we'll get into argos in a little bit um everyone who listens to our show they know you you started argos just uh from us talking about it but we want to know how did you start getting into spear fishing or fishing hook and line but mainly spear fishing how did you get in, involved in it who, who were your influences or, and whatnot? Well, so I've always been into the ocean. We used to go, you know, like everybody in Southern California, growing up in Southern California, we used to go to the, the ocean, spend a week down in San Clemente and stuff like that. But really, you know, my dad fished and hunted, but um, not a ton, you know. And, uh, and so um, most of my experiences probably up to – uh, grades, well, later grade school and high school were pretty much just, uh, you know, surfing and, uh, boogie boarding. And so I'd never really gone under the water, um, in, uh, in the ocean too much, at least with, yeah, I don't think I, I probably never went out, uh, with a mask on before really I hit high school and uh, I just kind of lucked out, um, Actually, we we moved from Fullerton into out to Norco of all places, and uh, ended up growing up with uh, this guy and his his dad, the Smiths. Um, let's see, Steve was in my brother's grade, which was a grade above mine, and then uh, Dave was in my grade. And their dad was in this uh, club called Long Beach Neptunes, and uh, so uh, we we 
I met Dave when I was in seventh grade, and then we went to the same uh, Catholic high school on Riverside. And um, so then over time, you know, he just kept talking about um, his dad going out and spearing these fish. And, you know, he used to go over his house and see all his awards, you know, and pictures of these giant fish. And it's like, okay, this looks pretty awesome. I might have to check this out. <laughs> and uh, so at any rate, he ended up, uh, you know, getting uh, one day we decided we're going to go. We're going to go spearfishing or at least we're going to, you know, go out in the ocean and put a mask on and see what's out there. And I remember, um, working on, uh, had to have, like, if we're gonna go spearfishing, had to have some kind of spear, like something, whole spear, something. <laughs> anything. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember, um, working on, I got it like a piece of, uh, half inch metal tubing. Like it wasn't tubing. It was like literally a piece of pipe. Like I had bar no stock. idea, like <laughs> bar stock, like it probably weighed like 10 pounds oh my or gosh. more. And, uh, and I tried to like affix some kind of like crappy, like spear thing to the end of it. I had no idea what I was doing and no one to tell me at this point it's uh mid eighties. No, it wasn't even mid eighties. It was like early eighties, like 82 maybe. And, uh, <laughs> when I was so, born. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, there, you know, it's like basically at that point, no one knew anything about spear fishing for the most part. I mean, yeah. I guess you did from the standpoint that like you put a tank on and you got a small yeah. spear gun and you went down there and you speared some stuff, you know, but there were only a few people that really knew what, you know, free diving and spear fishing was about. And that was the people mostly associated with clubs, you know, or a friend of, of someone that knew about that. And, uh, so at any rate, um, you know, no one, no one really knew what to do and his dad did, but like, we weren't really asking for his dad's help. So I, I cobbled together this thing that must've weighed like wow. 15 pounds. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and I just literally, all I did the whole time we were out there is carry it around. This is like way too heavy to try and like send it a fish or anything. But I remember putting that mask on and going out there and all, the, and I just seeing, I mean, I was in five feet of water, just seeing everything that was out there just blew my mind, blew my mind. Like I just was like, wow, what, like, what is this? And, uh, so from that standpoint, you know, I had to, I had to know more. And, um, and so then I started diving and, we, and then Dave's dad, Dwayne would take us out, uh, on his boat. Um, and Dwayne was, was a hilarious guy is a super funny guy and the greatest guy ever just passed away this year. And, um, he, uh, he would take us out and, and he was one of those guys that was, um, you know, he's like, you know, the first thing you know about spearfishing is you got to be the first guy in the water and the last guy out. And, uh, huh. and that was his mantra. You got to be the first guy in and the last guy out wow. because you're not going to get fish unless you are. <laughs> and that was true, man. The first guy in the water always got fish. But, uh, at any rate, um, so we, st I started going out with him and I had, uh, Huh. Um, I, I think the first time I bought, I bought like, a, actually I, I got this gun from a guy that, uh, was, was an interesting guy, but it was a story for another day, but he was a <laughs> Vietnam vet and, um, I got his AMF, um, Magnum spear gun. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so, um, you know, you guys probably know those and, uh, it was, you know, it was okay if you were like you know, right on top of the mm -hmm. fish, you could spear <laughs> something, but it was a hunk of crap. And, uh, if you wanted to spear anything big or anything that was, you know, further than uh, five feet away. And so, um, 
yeah, so I used to go out with that and I speared, you know, a couple fish, you know, I, you know, I speared, of course, you know, some refish and stuff and I speared probably, you know, a couple of yellowtail. Um, and then, uh, um, probably in 83, I think something like that, maybe not, maybe 84, we ended up, um, uh, one of the brothers said, Hey, we're going to go to, uh, get to go to Mexico. And, um, you know, do you want to go spearfishing in Mexico? I go, hell yeah, man, let's do this. <laughs> so, um, he had an old green, a green Pinto station wagon. And, uh, and, uh, if you know that thing, it's like, it's got two bucket seats in, in the front. Oh, yeah. and it's got this little, this little, you know, station wagon thing, hatchback. but it's really like, yeah, it's a hatchback. Yeah. It's, it's like half the size of a real station. Right. Wagon. Right. But, um, uh, anyways, so I had no idea what we we're doing, you know, where we we're going or how far we we're going. We we're going all the way to La Paz. And, oh, and you're a teenager at this point. Yeah. 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 And so, um, <laughs> So, uh, I bring my, I get my gun together, you know, yeah. my crappy gun that I got. And we, uh, we ended up, uh, Steve's like, well, there's gonna be three of us. So there's like enough room for like, you know, two guys in the front, but like we need to put all our stuff in there. So, um, what we did is we got my surf racks and we put those on top of the car and then we got an eight, oh uh, my gosh. Uh, four by eight piece of plywood. And we threw that on top and like <laughs> fashioned that down. We threw all our crap on top of that and like wound that down. Baja rig. Baja rig it. And then he's putting like stop leak in the oil, uh, you know, so that we're not going to drain all the oil out on the way down there and head off, you know? (laughs) And, uh, so, um, uh, and so, you know, we got about halfway down there, some place in the middle of nowhere, about two o'clock in the morning and blew a tire in like the twistiest turning desert road area down there that you can imagine. And, um, you know, these diesels are just like buzzing by us, you know, (laughs) And, uh, so we finally get there and, um, you know, we got to, uh, Bay of the Dead, Bihil de los Motros. And, uh, I mean, it was just like amazing. It was the most amazing place I'd ever been. And, uh, we camped right on the beach, you know, it was like high water mark was like five feet away from all our stuff. And, uh, there were some friends of us that were down there and, um, a guy that, that became a good friend of mine, uh, Vance Carrier in the club and, uh, Dale Cody, which is another old, old timer in the club. And, um, in fact, he was retired when I met him down there and I took him on my, my boat a number of years ago. It's probably been like 15 years now. Wow. And he was 82. Took him out <laughs> oh to Sacramento Island. He was wow. still, still spearing yellowtail. But anyway, so we get down there Jesus. and, um, and I had no idea, like I just was along for the ride. And so, um, Dwayne was like, yeah, we're not bringing a boat or anything. We're meeting these guys down there, but um, we're just going to find a boat when we get down there. I go, okay. So he goes to the fisherman that's there and, um, and says, hey, you know, what, what will it cost us? Can we make a deal? You know, he said, work some deal where basically um, it was going to be like 60 bucks a day or, or 40 bucks a day or some ridiculous amount. And, or if we got enough fish, we didn't have to pay him anything. <laughs> and so the first day, okay, Dwayne goes out and spears a 110 pound grouper. Right? Oh, I'll take deal two. And, I'll take deal two. And, <laughs> and so the second day, we had the fish truck from town showing up, and the fish truck from town showed up every single day, was waiting to offload our fish. Oh my! But the gosh. first day, so the first day we go out and he spears this awesome fish, and 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 uh, and you know, I was seeing big fish, and you know I had my really crappy spear gun, you know, and and um. So, uh, I was so pissed, you know, I was like in my teens and I seen these big fish and I shoot and I can't get, you know, I was just like, you can imagine the frustration. Right. 
And so I get back and I'm throwing my spear gun on the ground and I'm cursing at it and I'm so pissed off and you didn't, because I'm going to be there for another five days and it was <laughs> like this shit ass spear gun. And so, uh, Dale Cody comes over, which was a really good friend of Dwayne's. And he says, uh, listen, son, uh, I'll let you borrow my extra gun. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no so way. excited. And went out the next day, speared a 110 pound grouper. No, no way. way. And That's so awesome. like at that point, if you're not hooked on spear fishing, to find something else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was an amazing place. And, and, um, you know, there's so many stories down there, uh, that, that spear gun, in fact, that spear gun is the funniest thing about that spear gun is it, it had what they call a butter shaft and it was not a hardened shaft. And, um, and so, uh, you'd spear fish and it instantly bend. But the great thing about it is you, you just put it, it in you bend it right back into shape and shoot another fish with it. No way. So now it's like, well, you just go get another shaft because there's no way you're you're rebending a hardened, hardened shaft. shaft. But with that shaft, now you could use it for years and you just kept bending it back into shape. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. That's awesome. Yeah. So I mean, you know, if it's like so that was that was my, you know, spear fishing, and we just had a great time. We we, we didn't we paid the guy no money. For the whole time he was down there, I think we dove like five days in a row, and we just we killed the fish. fish. We got tons of big pargo. I spear like a fifty pound pargo, and you know I was just hooked on it at that point. How can you not be? I guess that's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I mean, from there, it's like I mean, I don't know how far you want to take it, but basically, I, um, you know, then I started getting into the Long Beach Neptunes, and. Um, and uh, as a teenager still yeah oh yeah okay. and then um became a member in like 87 or something okay. like that and um i was five <clears throat> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then in the early 90s i was president and um and i was on the board for a number of years and um and then uh you know i guess uh, from there just you know kind of you know spearfishing it's like I did so much of it and then I kind of got into other stuff, you know, and, but I never stopped spearfishing. Right. Always, right. always doing it. And then so, so some years, some stretches, you're doing a ton of it and some you're distracted on another thing. Yes. You know, but you never lose yes. the ocean. It's always there. It's always calling you back. Yes. You know? Yes. I feel that. <clears throat> wow. That is, that is crazy. Yeah. It's that, insane. Like you kind of, you kind of touched on it, like saying like you were kind of lucky to kind of link up with this crew. Totally right. Like, right. Totally luck. Right. I mean, you know, honestly, because like you, you would never get that now, you know, because like if you didn't luck into it, you would just never know it. But now with the internet and with so much free flowing stuff, you know, you True. got a thousand people showing up at your favorite spot, right? Because some guy's <laughs> putting it on the coordinates out. Right. But, um, but you also get to know about it. You Which know you what? wouldn't have known if you didn't know. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. that's a good point. I got into it. Obviously, you know, on your boat, that was the very first time I went spearfishing. I've talked about it on the show. Oh, before. I remember that well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, yes, it was that <laughs> that real. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but but the thing is, it's like I didn't have that social media. Oh, I want to get into spearfishing because I saw a picture of it. Right. It was because my buddy Jason was like, dude, you got to come out. We're going to go out on the boat. We're going to yeah. go to the island. Yeah. Um, you, dude, this guy, Paul, he's going to show you what's up. And it, that's how, that's what got me on the boat. It was that old luck. school. It was that old that's school such, luck. Such a great way to do it, you know, because I mean, every way is great as long as you get into it. But I think, you know, the difference is with you and with other people, like I have friends of mine, he'll, he'll be unnamed that, I have Nasty taken Nate. out. 
<laughs> you said that I didn't. <laughs> Nasty but, but, Nate. No, but I mean, you know, um, uh, they're interested in, and they buy some stuff and they go out. Right. And, um, you know, I, I happen to put them on this like amazing spot out at, at San Clemente Island and it just happened to be going off and I just like shooting fish in a barrel and, and yell tell. And, uh, and then I come up with like a second fish or something and then he's sitting on the back of the boat and I go, done. What are you doing? What are he's you like, Oh, I'm taking a break. I go, we haven't <laughs> shot a fish yet. Like, you know, and so, but it's, it's, it's to each their own. Right. I mean, because right. like some people are going to see that like I did, you know, just by looking in the water through your mask right. and be like, man, this is like unbelievable. And some people are going to look at that and go, that's really beautiful. But, you know, I'll do that when I'm on vacation. Right. So, you know, to each their own. And the people, and so, you know, when you're hooked, you know, and totally. And I actually got hooked watching you disappear off into the dark, deep blue. That was epic my first time. I've talked about it on the one of the first episodes, but. You, uh, I, I would only dive down like 10, 12 feet and then I pop back up to the surface, yeah. but I would see you go down and you would sit there like at 50 feet and you were suspended. And it was like time had slowed down for me because that was my first time I've ever experienced that. I've snorkeled before in like, you know, Island destination, Island spots, but it was different. You know, it's, you're in shallow water. It's just way different. When you see someone actually dive down there with this piece of wood and 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 the metal spear sticking out of it it just is for your very first time it was very overwhelming to like see the dark it, it actually went so blue that it went dark underneath you like you were 50 feet down that was an epic day of visibility that day yeah yeah that was that was awesome like a 100 plus visibility <laughs> yeah. day it was very special i had no idea what i was getting <laughs> into getting that blessed, day yeah. no idea that it was that good and it wasn't like that ever, you know, like that's not normal. But anyways, that's what got me hooked was actually seeing you down there at about 50 feet, just chilling and just looking around super, super slow and just turning. And then all of a sudden you just started to swim off and kick off into the dark. I'm like, then you would come back with a yellowtail. And I was like, what is going on like this? I just knew I wanted to swim in front of you. Because I saw blood coming off that yellow tail. <laughs> and I just knew I just had to be in front of you. Yeah. Because fish, yeah, shark wouldn't come from the front. Sure, they never would Smell. do that. <laughs> but no, but that's that's actually what got me hooked, uh, was actually seeing you down there at 50 feet, relaxed, and in a different world. Like the yeah. sounds, obviously, you're just hearing the crackling of the ocean, and you don't hear anything else, but it just, I think that's what helps you focus down there. And it for me, that's what helps me focus. But man, that was that was crazy seeing well, you do that for the very first time, and that's what got me hooked was actually seeing it well, through, and, through my mask. And that's and that really is a, the greatest way to do it. Obviously, I mean, so a lot of people get into it because they were they were tank diving, and then uh, they want to do you know they hear about it and they want to do something else. But really, it doesn't matter you know how you get into it, right? It's just like it's the it's that kind of person that wants to that wants to do that because it's a lot of work. And the thing of it is, is that everybody has the first same experience. They get in the water. And they dive, dive, dive down five feet and they come straight back up. Right. You know, just screaming <laughs> right. for air. Right. And everyone has that, you know, that's just, and it's all mental at that point. Right. And then, um, you know, it takes, it takes some time before, um, you can get past the mental part and then you get in the physical part, you know, and, and, and then it's just a transfer between, you know, the physical and the, and the brain. Um, and, and so, um, that process takes, a while and then the whole physical physical process of 
just being a good diver and then the whole physical process of actually knowing how to shoot a fish and knowing, you know, and so it's a lot of work and a lot of people don't want to do that. It's not rewarding enough for them. And so that's a good thing because, you know, there are more people. Some precious resources. Sitting what what I've your, learned your is spot. it's a lot of work just to be comfortable in the water. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a lot of work, not just mentally, but just physically comfortable, like mm -hmm. your wetsuit and everything. And it and takes a lot of time to sort your gear out. It really does right to dial it in, to be comfortable. It really does. Um, and that's what keeps a lot of people out. Like you were saying. Absolutely. I, I can agree with that. What's your favorite fish to eat? Um, well, that's a good one. Um, well, I mean, I mean, probably just cause I, sh you know, get a lot of it yellowtail, but, um, uh, but, uh, but that's not your favorite fish to hunt. Cause you know, well, well, I, probably just, um, it, it's hard to say. I mean, yellowtail is, um, Obviously, it's 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 one of the best game fish we have here. In, it's like a staple for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, it's a staple. Um, but I would say um, one of the most fun fish to pro is probably actually would be my first fish would be a pargo. Actually, um, unfortunately, it's not quite like it was when we were you know spearing down in, down in Mexico. But, <laughs> yeah, you know back then. Um, but I mean, there were times where you know we were going into you know thirty foot of water. And then just having, you know, 25 to 50 pounders, you know, buzzing around on these, you know, and these things. so you could just kind of get in a really good spot and just like wait for them to kind of come out and, and, you know, and get a good spot on them. And then they just take off like a locomotive and, um, and you'd have to really play your line right so that they didn't get so stuck far back in a hole. You'd never get them out. So, you know, you, you try and short line them as much as possible. And then, um, you know, and play the fish that way. And you can, you kind of got a system down for how you were going to kind of, you know, get the fish, you know? And so you try and keep the fish from going past, um, so far in that you'd be on the shooting line. So you try to at least keep sight of the shaft, uh, of the, of the shaft a little bit. Gotcha. And, uh, in that way you'd have the best chance of, of not having them tear your stuff up. Gotcha. And then, um, and then just, ha and then that way, um, you'd leverage it, you know, between, uh, the rock, I guess, and your shaft yeah, so that they just yeah. kind of beat themselves up down there and get tired and then you'd be able to get them. So, um, so that's a super fun, I mean, I, I love shooting those fish when it's good and, um, they're, they've got to be one of the best fish to eat, you know? So I'd probably say that bed maybe be number one, but nice. it's nice. all good <laughs> nice. when it's good and there's a lot of fish around, it's all good. Right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> that's excellent. Yeah. No, love the, it. Uh, going out down on a trip with you to go look for some Pargo and seeing kind of the difference of what you were talking about, like in the early yeah. years compared to the later years, but you know, kind of, I enjoy hearing about the lineage and, you know, Adrian and I benefited from the lineage <clears throat> that you were kind of able to pass on to us and going down to, to Baja in the early days. And I just think about there, like going down there now and how much gear, like I'm bringing down there and how much advancements have been in the gear nowadays yeah. and how easy yeah. it is to get it there's like right. yeah. spear fishing stores and you can just walk in there and right. be like all right i'm going down i need three of these you could go buy a bungee and you know whatnot and so, i'm thinking line. about you know back in that that time yeah. well, it wasn't necessarily like a spear fishing store you could go to and yes. buy gear and like, right. do that oh yeah yeah you, you 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 couldn't certainly buy anything down there but it's a it's a it's a funny uh there's a i saw this thing a long time ago is is a cartoon of uh spear fishing two spear fishing guys in the end, the old guy, um, yeah, old timer guy. And he had, uh, 
this old pole spear and a speedo and, and a mask, right? And, and <laughs> right. really big fish. And the new guy has like all this bomber equipment and a little teeny fish. <laughs> and so, um, you know that that kind of says a little bit about it. But um, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, it, it, I'm certainly not. Well, I wouldn't consider myself an old timer, except that the club just asked me to be the club historian. So <laughs> I, asked him, I asked him if that meant I, I was old now. And they said, you've been old for a long time. Um, but uh, at any rate, um, some of the old guys, like we started uh, with Vance um, and uh, Ron Mullins, who's another guy that's uh, been in spearfishing for a long time, has made movies and stuff like that. Um, we started a, uh, a spearfishing um museum, uh, skin diving, uh, spearfishing museum. And, uh, and that's kind of defunct cause it was tough. We were looking for places to put it. And, uh, those guys had a lot of the old gear and, um, and so, uh, we built these cases and then we had it at Del Mar fair. And then I, I went and we were looking, well, what are we going to do with it now? And then I, I went to the guys that ran the Huntington Beach surf museum cause I live in, in Huntington. And, um, and actually it wasn't a guy, it was, it was a lady and, and she was a realtor in town. I'm not sure if she still runs it or not, but she started it and, um, and ended up, um, talking to her and she said, yeah, we'd love to have your exhibit. And so it was there for like three years. And finally they're like, Hey, we got to, you know, we we're gonna do, we do something different here. <laughs> like, can we use your, your, um, uh, your cases? So we ended up, uh, lend, you know, giving them our cases to display stuff in, but, um, that that stuff that they had was really the beginning of um of the sport and and uh uh you know we had uh masks that were uh, so the longest neptunes was started actually by firemen and it was actually the la neptunes originally for a few years and then it became the long beach neptunes because all the firemen were from orange county or from long beach because long, long beach isn't actually orange county but at any rate so um so they, um, uh, these guys that, that started it were guys that were like, um, Dick Jappia was a guy in our club that was really one of the founding guys. And, uh, he, he, I was talking to him one day and he said, yeah, you know, I remember the first time I ever put a pair of fins on, I couldn't believe how fast I went <laughs> down, you know, it was like unbelievable. And all the That's stories so they crazy. had <laughs> and, and, and the guys that, uh, um, like the firemen um, used to take the cross sections of their hose, this hard hose, and they would take a cross section of it. And on one side, they'd put a piece of glass and they'd, you know, seal that up. And on the other side, they would actually carve it out to fit their face. And so they'd carve it to fit the contour of their face. Wow. And that was their mask. And so, um, any rate, uh, so wow. yeah, there was, there's been some amazing things, but the one thing that's always stayed true since then is, you know, it's free diving and, uh, no tanks and at least with, with the Neptune. So, um, at any rate, um, yeah, tons of stories, but, uh, God, I bet, I bet there's tons amazing. of stories there. He's just like barely teasing us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's tons of stories there. I bet you want to hear them. What's the biggest fish you ever caught? Most memorable. Well, I'd say probably the most memorable was um, most memorable. Well, I'd say a great day I had is I went down with uh, <laughs> it was it was it was a week trip that I went down in um, 
Steve Alexander's used to make, he's kind of a well-known guy. Yeah. He makes fishing. Uh, yeah. He makes slip tips. And used whatnot, to, or... used to, he's not doing it anymore, but, uh, Maury kind of makes what Steve had for his, there you his go. slip tips. Yeah. But, um, Steve Alexander, um, and Dale Cody, which is a guy I talked about that let me borrow his, uh, spear gun the first time I was down there and me went down in Steve's truck and, uh, Steve was a quirky guy. You know, if you didn't know him, uh, you know, he's a guy. That, we definitely uh, didn't know him. Yeah. <laughs> so he, well, he, he used to live in uh, Costa Mesa and, um, he made all this stuff out of his house and, uh, he was an old, uh, kind of auto automotive, uh, um, mold maker. And so he was really good at that. And that's how he made a lot of his parts. And so mm-hmm. he made one of the first and probably the best, certainly one of the best at this point, because a lot of people that make good trigger, me- trigger mechanisms now, but, um, he had really the best tri- trigger mechanism because, you know, he made a mold for it and he wow. just made it super bomber. And before that, there were these old Australian mechanisms as Rife used to make and stuff. And I'd go by, you know, when Rife was still selling stuff out of his garage. And um, they and none of them were that great. And so he he really perfected that. But at any rate, the three of us go down there and um, and uh, Steve did not want to. Uh, I was going to tell you a funny story about Steve's house. So you go over his house. And, um, you would, uh, you would walk into the front room and, uh, his big thing is he, he, he hated to eat fish. So he would just give all of his fish away. <laughs> but what he wanted to do is he wanted to mount them. Oh, wow. Now, of course he'd take it over to a place I go taxidermy and living designs in Costa Mesa and he'd have them do it. And you know, if you know it, it's, it's actually not the fish, you know, so you don't actually have to have the fish, but he'd want to spear the fish and then put it on his wall. So you walk into his living room and he had all these really big fish all the way around the living room. And in the center of the living room, he had a car that he was working on. Okay. <laughs> what? Yes. Living room, dude. Yes. And then if you walk further into the next room adjacent to that, he had his bug collection. Okay. And it took up a whole wall. All right. That he went to like, oh, uh, some other country. Like I, <laughs> I can't remember where he went to get his bugs. Right. So needless to say, he was single and he, he wasn't, he wasn't going to get, getting a girlfriend dude, anytime soon. Dude. But, um, so yeah, we, we, we go down, uh, we go down to, um, to Mexico and, uh, for a week and, um, and he would not drive at night. So we, it took us like three days to get down to Cabo and, uh, and then it, we didn't have, you know, any, um, there was like no ability to really find, you know, handheld GPSs weren't really a thing and we didn't have a depth finder or anything. We had a Dale's inflatable boat. And so we ran around looking for the high spot and never could find the high spot. Oh down my there. God. And uh, we ended up finding it and shooting a couple of fish and stuff like that. And I got other stories about that, but basically we're on the way back. We stopped at Santa Rosalia and Dale wanted to go to a place that I will not name uh, or where or give you or tell you exactly where it is, but I'm <laughs> out of there somewhere. And, um, and, uh, and that place was full of really big grouper. And, uh, and so I ended up spearing a 120 pound grouper, an uh, 80 pound grouper and a 50 pound grouper in the same day. We're going to so have to stop good. you right there so we can get another beer. All right. Cool. And we're back. The beers are full once, once again, again. Once again, the beers are full. Adrian, what are you drinking today? I am on that Carl Strauss Boat Shoes Hazy IPA. 
And yourself? I got the uh, 21st Amendment Tasty IPA. Pretty good. And also, shouldn't then, that be uh, the Second Amendment? It should. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and also, a Modern Times uh, Mythic Worlds Hazy IPA also out on tasty. the table. Are you guys making money on the? Uh, not on at the all. Looking, looking not for a sponsor. That's, uh, that's anybody we, out there, Carl Strauss. We keep saying there. beer companies, and then one of them is going to hit us at up. some point. Yeah, yeah they're going to. Yeah, someday. Someday. We're thinking ahead. <laughs> so because our beer was empty we had to cut you off but you were Dude, telling a story uh, an epic yeah. story 120 pounds you got thirsty. Well, that was that was kind of it yeah no it's just and it was amazing it was just you know one of those days that you know you certainly don't recreate too often but um, now that gun you're shooting with those big 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 fish mm-hmm, those grouper mm-hmm. you're shooting with a reel, a reel on that gun or is well, it a float line actually actually there was i mean there was a reel that this the gun that I shot those fish with was a gun that I made um, after a uh, a gun that a lot of guys were using at the time, Jack Brown made. And um, so I ended up making a gun because Jack Brown, if you wanted to get a gun from him, it was about a two-year waiting list <laughs> um, at the time. And uh, there weren't a lot of guys making guns that were, you know, that were that they were, first of all, you couldn't buy a gun like you can now, um, or a gun that was and we used bigger guns than a lot of guys use now too. Right, right. Just because um, you know you basically had one gun your whole life. Basically, you know you really you didn't have the plethora of, of cheaper guns now that you can get. You know, and so um, different sizes. Yeah, and yeah you, you had a custom gun, and Jack Brown made some great ones, and. Um, so uh Dwayne Smith, uh the, the father of, of the guy that I guys that I grew up with, he had one and it was a great gun. And so I didn't want to wait two years. And so uh my buddy and I um decided we want to make our own. And so we borrowed his and took it apart. And um I, I had a uh an uncle, great uncle of mine that was a woodworker at the time. And so we brought it to him and we kind of made it together. And um and uh it had a um it's it's since kind of broke, but um, <laughs> uh, the handle part on it, yeah, uh, not the gun, um, but the, the the handle was um, actually carved out. Uh, uh, oh wow! Part of the gun, and it was dialed. So um, it was a really cool, uh, really neat looking gun. Wow! But uh, you know, just a workhorse, and it was all three eight shafts um, and, uh, you know, four pans. And, and so there were great all around guns, but just, you know, they're, you know, I mean, you're shooting yellowtail around here. It's easier to have something a little bit smaller to turn and stuff like that, but you shoot everything with it. And, um, the gun originally had, um, reels. And so we didn't have float lines. We didn't use float lines. No one used float lines at that point in time. Um, really, I mean, there, um, there were some guys that we, you know, we started using when, when guys started getting some of the big tuna, we, we had a series of float lines that we did, um, that you'd have, you know, a hundred foot of floating line. And then you'd have a little line pack. Um, actually you'd, you'd have the hundred first hundred foot to a, to a float. And then, then the float would have this little line pack at a PVC that you'd jam a bunch of line, hundred foot of line in, and you'd, you'd make the, the cap on the end. So it would just kind of pop off if there's a lot of pressure and you hook your second float. And you have another line pack and you hook, you hook your third float. What? Right. <laughs> and so um, what would happen is, you know, if the fish was big enough to pull the, the the first float down, then the line pack would pop. 
you'd have a hundred foot. And then if it was big enough to pull the second one down, then you'd pop and you'd get the third <laughs> foot. So that was now that you got the bungees and stuff, but it that that still works great. I mean, I've shot fish with that before. And that works great. But but for the most part, like most guys would never use floats. We'd use like we'd get we'd have a giant reel with as much line as you could fit on it. And and then if for some reason the the fish would like and for the most part, we weren't hunting like really big pelagic fish where you you had to have something where they ran like that. Yeah. I mean, these fish would run, but typically, you know, into the some rocks. limit, you know, or if it took it so deep or, or it just, you know, there was an issue, you'd have a little popper on the end of your, your gun so that it would help your gun float. Um, and basically that popper was a little CO2 cartridge with this little balloon thing that would fill up. Shut oh, up. Yeah. So and so if, and so if they started taking everything and your gun was going down, you'd pop that popper. And so hope you'd find your gun at some point. You're <laughs> kidding me. Yeah. That's amazing. That's pretty much what we'd use for our standard setup. Um, and that's what I shot that fish with, but you know, I mean, you know, this was where I shot those, those grouper. Um, it, it was, I don't know, 40 foot. You know, I mean, actually some of it actually was deeper because I start because I, that first fish, I actually made like three dives on and it was kind of lumbering and the last dive, I, I lost sight of it. And the last dive, I just kind of swam where I thought it was swimming and I just, I just made it power down as much as I could. And he was down probably at least like, you know, 60 or, or more at that point. And I just got down as close as I could and just fired a shot off at him. But but yeah, I mean that was wow. that was a great that was a great day. We didn't have wow. all those big fish. It was you know, and I had we had so much fish, and we came back, um, and the fishermen that we were staying in their little cove, and uh, and there were fishermen there, and they just had a little shack, you know, this little beat up shack, and he had like about three kids running around. These little kids, we came in, and, and they came up, and they were super excited, and 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 we had all these really big fish. Those guys shot a few fish. And, oh my god! And so we just gave them pretty much all our fish. Right. And um. And then we'd go down there successive years, you know, and they'd remember us and be like, oh, grande pescado, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so literally they call like you big fish, <laughs> yeah, well, they just remember. Yeah. And so I, I took, um, my now wife, uh, down there probably 10 years ago and, uh, it'd been years and years and years since I was down there. And, um, and we, and we were going down, uh, to, to go down further, but we stopped there. I want to take her there. And I go, well, I know this little fishing village, you know, let's go down there and see if we can, and we got down there and, and there was like a big house down there and all it's these all other places now. to stay, you know, it's oh, not wow. totally developed, but this guy was obviously either owned it or just, you know, took over the place. And so, um, and so I didn't feel right just staying there. So I, and it was, and it was dark already by the time we got there and the dogs were barking and I'm walking <laughs> up to this guy's house going, oh man, I hope it didn't get shot or something. The person comes out and, um, and, uh, actually it was his son and the son spoke some English and I go, Hey, you know, uh, do you mind if we stay here? You know, we were here a really long time ago and we were spearfishing. We gave you guys a bunch of big fish, you know, just hoping whatever. <laughs> and Hopefully he, he, he's he like, knew the story. <laughs> yeah. And I, he walks into the house and he comes back out and he's like, Oh yeah. You know, my dad remembers you and you can stay wherever you want. The whole beach is yours, you know? And, so, oh my God! Uh, yeah, that's just so amazing. Awesome. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know if you really remember us, but it's still still pretty cool. That's pretty damn rad. Yeah, yeah. Baja is such a unique place, and 
you were in the the heyday of going down there and exploring and just charging it down there. You well, went after it, man. I, I like to think so, and 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 I was to some extent, but I almost feel like the time that I was going down there was like kind of the end of it because, <laughs> you know, because by the time the '90s rolled around, then it, things opened up, and then you you'd go into you'd go into places and uh, you'd see like a big spear gun, and the local had a big spear gun. You know, and he oh, never wow. had any of those things. And he'd go down and on tanks and what you were supposed to do and spear the big group. <laughs> right. Now there's laws against that. You can't yeah. spear anything on tanks down there. Well, there always has been. Oh, oh, I didn't know yeah. it was always. Yeah, no, oh, it always cool. has been. Um, and so that's, and so, um, but yeah, I mean, guys like Dwayne, like was going down there and is, is he had a, literally a, a Cadillac sedan he used to take down there all the way down there, <laughs> the middle of nowhere. And, and he was, he was, he was a genius with like uh bailing wire and duct tape. I mean, this guy, I mean, his boat was held together with bailing wire and duct tape. <laughs> and, and so he, so he, he, there's so many crazy stories going down there. He would like, um, one time his, uh, his fuel pump went out on that Cadillac. And uh, they're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Oh, can I say that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can say fuck. Okay. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and so, um, at any rate, so he he's uh, um, so he he like gets this five gallon um uh container of gas. Fucking container. Fucking container. <laughs> and he fucking puts it on the fucking top of his fucking car, <laughs> and he runs a line down to the carburetor. And Shit. that was how he got to the, you know, wherever he was. No like, way. But it's actually that time we went down that green picket Pinto station wagon. We, we, uh, went back to town, um, one night and, uh, and we're, and just to get out of camp for a night and we're coming back and it's dark and, uh, and Steve is driving that thing and, and, you know, it's, it's washboard oh, it's beating the shit out of us. And so he gets one tire kind of up on the sand bank. Right, because gets that soft oh, know, yeah. sandbank, and so he kind of oversteers a little bit and runs us aground on the on the bank, you know, and high centers <laughs> us. And we're like, ah, fuck, okay, we get out, we push it off of there, okay, no problem. He tries to start the car, won't start. Oh no, we're like, oh shit, <laughs> can't get the car started. We're screwed, you know. We're in the fucking oh, dirt road, shit. going back <laughs> out nowhere. to our camp, middle of nowhere. And uh, and so finally, this guy stops, you know, that's coming along. He's like, you guys need a tow or whatever. And I'm in. We're like, yeah, and he's like. You know, I'm going to the same camp, and we're like, oh, "That's awesome!" So everybody looks around, no tow rope. Why right, fuck? What are we gonna do? So Steve, uh, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Steve, being Dwayne's son, goes out in the middle of the desert and scrounges up a piece of of uh, a bob wire, oh, and he man. literally hooks our cars together with bob wire, and that's how we got back into <laughs> into camp. <laughs> towing That's it with bob so wire classic man this is like i mean they're so so those guys i mean like Dwayne and all those guys who would that go down there so like early great. on you know they didn't have all super bitching gear they didn't have all the great four-wheel drives yeah know that shit they just got down there how they could it. get down there and they and they just literally were you know they just knew how to put stuff to it back together and that's what they did you know they just made it happen Always. So, I like those stories of the gear, just the gear alone. Oh, it's just, amazing. What did you use? How did, how did you get that? Like, how did you fashion that together? And I, I think, you know, we've kind of touched on it a little bit. And, and every time I'm hanging out with you, Paul, every time I've been on in your boat, there's always some experience of you putting something back together, you fixing something or using gear that you've made or designed, you know, something along those lines and I think it comes from those early beginnings and those trips that you were on 
and the people that you kind of came up with because it was all putting the stuff together and you guys were doing it yourself to then go and do the Dude, experience. That makes that that is 100%. That must follow him because that day, <laughs> the very first day that I went spearfishing, it just hit me right now when you said that. I'm like, no, that didn't happen to me, but it did. Remember that kid swam up to your boat <laughs> yeah. with a broken band on a spear pole. And you're like, yeah, sure, I'll fix that for you. And then you threw your back out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then was, you're like, that's not breathing. my finest point. You're yeah. like breathing your back. You're like, oh, oh yeah, okay, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Yeah, just, just give me my spear gun. All right, let's go. And then you just go and do your magic. That yeah. was crazy. You well, fix you fix some kid's spear pole in the in the water. Well, I mean, you know, look, if if you if you if you have to make all your own stuff, then you're gonna know how it how it works. How and it works. if it breaks, you're gonna be able to fix it. That kid didn't know. He had no <laughs> yeah. idea what he was doing. He's probably not even in the sport anymore. <laughs> Who knows? But hopefully <laughs> because he had some guy, some random guy fix his stuff and he still doesn't know how to fix his yeah, own stuff. <laughs> well, it is it is a little bizarre to just swim up to a boat. Hey, hey my thing broke. Can you can you fix this <laughs> can you for fix me? This for me? I don't know. I probably wouldn't have done that myself, but um, but yeah, I, I think I think um, you know it is uh, even you know obviously there's just so much great stuff out there, gear now out there um, that you can buy. You know it is um, it's like well, it's just so much easier to buy it than to make it. But I think that it always means a lot more if you make it yeah. yourself. And I think where there are things that you can do, um, you know, you should you should do it. But even if even if you don't. You know, you really should know how to fix your stuff. And, um, you know, if you've never tied a band before and you're spearfishing My and man. you've been doing it more than six months, preach it. Uh, you need to get your shit together so true, man. and fucking preach learn it. how to tie a band. Yep. Okay. So that's, true. that's at least a minimum situation or Not, crimp in, some mono. I mean, yeah. and so even, even when I was in it, um, you know, early on, uh, you learn stuff, but then you always learn something that's that's better. You know, you yeah. learn something from somebody. New technique, yeah. New technique. And so I was tying bands, and and I didn't really have a very good technique for it. And so I actually was on a trip with um, Jay, Jay Reif on, uh, and his brother, um, John, uh, who had a boat called the Rhea Rita. Um, and I think we were on that in like 89 or something. Jay put a trip together with some of the guys from the club. And, um, and so uh, we went out there and and uh, John lived in Mexico at the time and ran that boat. And so uh, it was great. We went all around La Paz and shot some. I, it was great. I shot like a, that was actually one of the better fish, like 65 pound uh, pargo oh. on that trip. And uh, at any rate, but um, that's a big fish. So, yeah, it was, it, was, Jesus. it was nice. But so I came back to the boat at one point um, and there was just John on the boat and it was, you know, um, hanging out trying to take care of everybody and uh, i'd slipped a band you know one of my wishbones fell fell out and uh um i was pissed and because i wanted to get back down there and, and john took a look at it he's like ah he's like this is shit let me show you how to tie a band <laughs> and so he, he's like you gotta do this knot and he's do this and ram around I'm like oh okay yeah that's good so anyways so john you know showed me a thing or two so you're always you know you're always learning it doesn't matter uh, how old you are or whatever absolutely always something you know new to figure out and and do and you just got to know your equipment and the, the more you know about your equipment and the more that you can uh that you can fix your equipment and uh, even build your own equipment yeah yeah and i still do my own float lines 
um, to this day and made some for, yeah, yeah. For we you. went down there and yeah. walked us through the process and, and got and to do it. It was dude, so The fun. better you're going to be and just the more confident you're going to be and the better you're going to know your equipment and your connection and, it, and, and your connection to it. But, yeah. but also just like even the, you know, your equipment on you, it's just like your equipment needs to be a part of you yep. when you're out there. And An extension. Not, yeah. Then you're going to be uncomfortable in yep. some way and you're just not to be as good as you could be. Which brings me <laughs> to my next point. Thank you so much. Paul, you just know the flow of this show. <laughs> I want to know how you started the equipment of Argos. Yeah. Where did where did Argos? Uh, if you guys don't know, Argos booties are the only booties to buy. Um, <laughs> period. It doesn't matter what country you're from. Uh, they Dude, they're I did not paying for that. <laughs> no, this is not this is not paid. But I for. would. I we would. Are, we are not sponsored by Argos, although we should be now. <laughs> but. Uh, Argos. I'll, I'll start sponsoring you when these uh, when Carl Strauss. Yeah, Carl Strauss shows right? up. When, yeah. when we got a when we got a beer sponsor come true. through. <laughs> I, I can sponsor you guys. No, but um, Argos booties are the best out there. Period. Um, the best uh, free divers and spearfisher uh, men and women in the world wear Argos booties. We well, you know we have gloves and bags now. Too, <laughs> Correct. Stuff maybe but the booties out. is where it started. Well, that that's was, true. That's that true. that is the staple. Um, but. Yes, now gloves have come out. Last year they came out and bags with the waterproof zippers and all that stuff. And gosh, it's amazing. I hear now you have prototype of uh, wetsuits, which we can talk about. Well, I, don't, I don't know if we can talk about that yet. That's kind of under wraps, but that's okay. You know, we, we'll, we'll, well, it's not under wraps anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Those are coming out. Uh, but yeah, the, the Argos booties. Uh, tell us what, you know, be getting behind that. And of course we got other products now out yeah but tell us how it all started well so um yeah i mean back in the day whatever 15 years ago um there really just were the crappiest you know socks you know booties neoprene that, yeah just yeah horrible you know i went through all just so neoprene of, but you know i mean the, the thing that i hated about them the most is the second you got back in the boat your foot would be like twice the size, you know, just full of water. <laughs> and, um, and you'd be slipping around the boat and, uh, you know, they, they wouldn't last a season and stuff like that. So, um, and so actually, um, I had a buddy that was kind of in, in the suit area and, and he had some designs that were really cool. And, um, and then I came up with some designs and, and so, um, I just, over actually I wasn't even intending to really like make a booty. I just knew that the ones we had were crappy and I saw like a way to kind of start designing one. And then I had a buddy of mine that actually um, hooked me up with um, manufacturing um, people. Connections. Yeah. And so I just was lucky to have some connections in that area and I've always kind of wanted to do some other part. I mean, I'm in finance and, you know, other stuff. So I'm not like, you know, that, that wasn't something I did. And so I thought, you know what, what the hell? Like, you know, let's just see, I'll make some. And if people think they're cool, then, you know, uh, yeah. So it was very small and, and honestly, it just been pulled so many other directions with other stuff I do that I haven't put that much time right. into it over right. the years. And, you know, and, and I didn't realize, you know, kind of, um, I was just doing, I was, you know, when it initially started, I was just sort of selling them out of the house to 
people that I knew that had shops and stuff like yeah. that. And then other people would kind of call me and then, and then I got some calls as they kind of took off a little bit from, um, people in uh, canyoneering and they started uh, getting in touch with me and cause they said, Hey, this works really good with, um, with, uh, uh, canyoneering. And so, but at the heart of it and kind of designing it, um, I'm kind of a perfectionist, you know, at heart and, you know, and I, you and don't I, say, yeah. And so, <laughs> so I, I could never just sort of turn something out that I didn't think was super cool. Right. Bitching and right. like that I didn't obsess over every little detail of it. And that's kind of the thing with Argos is that, you know, hopefully I can come up with stuff that, you know, is unique in some way and that, and that adds something to, uh, that adds something to that area because, if I'm not coming, if I'm just slapping in my name on something sure. that everybody else has. And I sure. think that now it's like now it in the last five years, things have really changed in the market where like everybody's got a suit and everybody's got this and everybody's gets like, you know, everybody's names on it. But like how much time has really been spent with that thing, making right. it, you know, um, something that's going to be unique in some way or better in some way, you know, now we've got like a number of people that are ripping my design off and like even trying to steal all of my, uh, uh actual, um, verbiage that I use. <laughs> even the name of it. Even the, in it. So the it's name like, of it. it's like, it's ridiculous. Like, you know I mean? Have, have a little bit of decency or even some <laughs> self-respect, you know, and True, like man. do something yourself, come up with some idea yourself. Anyway, tangent but yeah, uh, yeah so um but yeah i mean so but as far as you know argos is you know and, how'd you come and, up with the name argos um you know it was one of those things where i didn't really want to name it after me um and uh i just felt like that's not really you know i don't want to be you know the paul yeah. company or yeah. you know whatever the bird booty <laughs> would have been kind of cool and <laughs> bird booty maybe <laughs> But, um, cause there is a bird BYRD, yeah. uh, yeah. surf company actually. But, um, at any rate, so I, I wanted to come up with something that was kind of a cool name and it had something to do with that, you know, Greek mythology, you know, had a lot to do with, uh, um, you know, ocean obviously in a lot of respects. And so I started looking into that and, um, and, uh, Argos is sort of a, uh, um, a different way to spell Argus, A-R-G-U-S, oh. which is uh, Jason and the Argonauts. Uh, it's the boat that Jason and the Argonauts had. So, you're right. So that's so I just came up with that and thought, you know, and I looked it up and no one was really using it. And I go, cool. it's really cool looking. Yeah. It's really cool. And I go, it's and what's, in it, what's in a name? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, it's at unique. Some, at some point, it's unique, and I think it sounds good. So that's how I came up with it. It was an thing, super special. But It's stuck, man. It's awesome. I love my Argos booties. I am due for a pair of brand new four <laughs> mil because i've actually worn through my four mil all right pair. Well, well there's your sponsor yeah my two mil are still good my two mil so good <laughs> my summer booties are still good yeah but, but yeah i uh i love them uh i've recently or not recently but i've i've almost recently actually blown through the gloves because uh lobster season was was really good yeah so, um, great. that was, that was great. I, I got to beat those things up just <laughs> so you know. Well, I mean, that's, that's the whole idea. I right? used them to the max. It was great. Yeah. Love them so much. I hope you keep coming out with great product. Well, that's the idea. That's the idea. I can't that's wait the for whole... the new product. I cannot wait. Yeah. 
Right. Um, obviously, the bags and the backpacks that we got to use down in Panama for Jason and Amy's wedding, which we've talked yeah, about we, on we the episodes. To put, put them to use in, in many, many forums for sure. Those are super sick. Um, yeah, I got a lot of people asking me about those. So those are super sick. Can't wait for the new gear, man. Cannot wait. Thank you. Thank you. It'll be coming out soon. No, I always laugh. Like, you know, we'll be out in the water on a trip or whatever, diving. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see somebody wearing gloves or, or booties. And, you know, we know you personally and gotten to know you over the, over the years and enjoy it so much. Just like I get stoked. So I can only imagine like how stoked you are to kind of see it out there and, and how well it's done. But, and yeah. we laugh because people don't know. And then we're like, oh yeah, like Argos. Yeah. Like for sure. We know, we know the guy. And they're like, what? Like, <laughs> What, no do you, what do you mean you know the guy? Like, we're like, yeah, we know the guy. Like, you know, he lives right here. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's cool because it's it's synonymous with spearfishing for sure. Got to see, we've been on trips with you go to canyoneering and, and seeing how well it yep. does, you know, yep. canyoneering yep. as well. So it's, it's, it's super fun. And yeah, I think it goes again, we keep going back to like, it goes back to your beginnings in the sport, how you are making your own gear from your guns to your bands. And then it just kind of perpetuated into making, you know, what we feel is one of the, the finer products out there as far as booties and, and kind of accessories within the sport. So it's neat to see that and kind of know where that came from. And then I think it's important for people to understand the lineage of where that came from, too. It just wasn't Absolutely. just a pop up. It's it's something like you said, you put a lot of thought into the design of it, into the quality of it. And it shows. I mean, I have booties that that you gave to me, you know, six, seven, eight years ago that are still work yeah and they're perfect so i mean you took it. like three years off though yeah, no. <laughs> i only dive once a year so it's cool <laughs> <laughs> look if, if you're if if you're someone that that is super into a sport and um and you get a piece of equipment and um i want to feel like if i'm making something and i'm up um, and i'm also in that sport yeah and i get that piece of equipment and i'm not and i'm not i don't get it and i'm not like super stoked on it yeah i'm not going to put my name on it Especially you know. if it's not like a, a a fitting based, you know, oh, this has to fit you or it doesn't work, like a mask or whatever. Like yeah. anyone can put this on, it better make you stoked. Yeah. If anyone can put that on, it better make you stoked. Booties, anyone can put those things on. Yeah. People are stoked about your booties. Thank yeah. you so much yeah. for that design. Yeah, that is you. that is thank amazing. You. I really like that design. Um, I've been using it for since day I, one. Yeah. Yeah, since day one, literally since day one um super psyched to keep using those uh, those those booties oh. yeah did you you know one of the things i was thinking about um when i was gonna come on is um uh is i'm just getting involved in i was just actually voted on the board of um the coastal conservation association oh, cool. cca and uh, the uh board for california actually and um so i'm i'm really kind of stoked about that um and it kind of came up um because uh, uh, a friend of mine, Bill Boyce, who's been in um, the fishing uh, and, and has some fishing shows and stuff like that, um, I was talking to him about kind of getting more into conservation and so forth. And so um, he said, he said, well, hey, you know, we don't have any um, anybody representing spearfishing on the CCA. And the CCA is um, newer in California, but it's been around since the 70s. And it really is for conservation and for and, and fishermen's rights. But, you know, spearfishing is one of those things is a very niche situation. Right. And so right. a lot of times they just don't have any um, anyone any representation. No voices. Yeah, no voices. And um, CCA, uh, I think countrywide has like 17 um, uh, people they pay on their staff to, to go um, 
and uh, um, talk to government on you know on their beha- on their behalf. And so, really, yeah. And um, so, um, I think it's something that you know as we go forward that everyone should kind of be involved with uh, to some degree, or at least know something about. And so, I want to try and be Argos wise, get more involved in the CCA. And and it's, you know, I don't know that much about it now. I'll be honest with you because yeah. I just got voted Which in and fine. I haven't even been to a board meeting yet. But um, it's something that, uh, you know, hopefully you guys will have me on more and I can talk about more um, in another po- in another podcast or something Absolutely. Like, as I, I kind of get uh, more into it. But I yeah. think it's it's important for everyone to, you know, try and do something uh, on a regular basis that that helps conservation and and at least are more aware of it, you know, so we can keep doing this for and our kids can and their kids can keep doing it, you know, which is so important because I mean, I'm, I, I bet you Jason's going to say something about this, but. Uh, it's so important because there there needs to be a voice because it is it, it is such a sustainable way to fish. There's no bycatch. You are pointing and aiming, shooting your fish. Uh, spear fishing needs to be a staple part of uh, the fishing industry, and and that's just what I believe because it's so it's so personal and sustainable in the in that way um, that you just you you you're not really, you're not hurting other fish. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, it is, it is that way. And I think, you know, even, even individual sport, even individual sports fishing is, is so much like that. Right. But, um, but, uh, as far as spearfishing is concerned, having a voice yeah, and, and, and kind of getting people together to spearhead that voice is hopefully something I can maybe do in the future. But, you know, I guess you'll have to have me on again to talk about it i think so i really do yeah man you've made the show many many times we've talked about you many times you're a voice we'd proud to you're have gonna be back on us we're gonna, gonna be gonna back, on. back on i feel like we barely scratched the surface with you this time paul we're definitely gonna have to have you back on thank you very like much i, said, I, I think really appreciate almost every pleasure. episode we've talked about pleasure. you yeah thank but, you so uh, much thanks, really paul. appreciate it paul. let's do it again man thank you All brother. Right. talk right to you soon free range Thanks for listening to this episode of the Free Range Tales podcast. We're having fun reliving some of our stories and hope you guys are too. Leave us a comment and let us know what you think. Also, check us out on Instagram at Free Range Tales. Thanks for listening. We'll check you next time.